Support comes from Clipper Vacations, offering getaways on the Clipper Fast Ferry to Victoria, B.C. Clipper Ferry and hotel packages from $250 per person. Enjoy historic charm, afternoon tea, and more. Terms and conditions apply. Details and booking at clippervacations.com. Hi, this is Week in Review host Bill Radke, back with another Words in Review. Last week, a federal court ruled on some restrictions that Seattle's government has placed on landlords. The city has been adjusting the balance of housing power. They've made landlords rent to the first qualified candidate, required them to give more notice of rent increases, and the city banned landlords from running criminal background checks. But one thing the city of Seattle has not touched is the word landlord a word that comes from the feudal system of medieval Europe. Life in a medieval village depended on someone's class and role in society. The servants were at the bottom of the pile. They were used in the manor house by the lord. In exchange for living on the land, serfs were expected to pay rent. They could be thrown out of the settlement if the lord wasn't pleased with their work as well. And how do you get that, eh? By exploiting the workers. The working classes... Oh, there you go, bringing class into it again. That's what it's all about. Landlord is an archaic word that suggests exploitation, and some Seattle landlords want to get away from that term. KUOW's housing reporter Joshua McNichols spoke to Ida Cotter, who owns one rental house. How do you feel about the word landlord? I really don't like the the word landlord. Um, It feels antiquated and kind of immediately um, has this negative connotation. If I think I often liken the housing market to like a food market, like a literal food market, a grocery store, would you call your grocer your food lord? (laughs) I I sure wouldn't. Um, And when I think about if people are, you know, hungry, similar if people are trying to find housing, what the natural reaction would be is to help the grocery store provide more food, maybe provide it more cheaply, maybe open up more grocery stores, build more. It's so interesting to me that we don't approach housing the same way. Instead, we just regulate so much out of them, so much that they get pushed out of the market. It's like closing grocery stores when people are starving. It is the most bizarre thing to me. If I could push back on that a little bit, I love your example of the grocery store, but to paint one difference, um, in with grocery stores, we have a lot of, we can shift which grocery store we go to very easily. I can just go to Safeway or QFC instead of Ballard Market, where I know the prices are very expensive. But with a housing provider, once I'm in that space, it's very, very difficult to change my housing provider is, especially with the housing shortage that we have now, that maintains a kind of level of power imbalance that we've seen historically, which perhaps gave rise to that term when when landlords were truly lords of, you know, maybe they were landed gentry, for example, and they inherited their land, you know. So um, sometimes I, I worry that, you know, trying to get rid of this this term entirely is a little bit of spin to try to erase the power imbalance that still exists and is implied with that term. Yeah, I absolutely hear you on that, that there is um, a sense of power imbalance because the roof over your head is crucial. However, Cotter says she's not living like a lord. She's living with a risk. She has to pay her mortgage, taxes, insurance and repairs. So does this owner, Jim Yerby. 
He also doesn't like being called a landlord. Uh, I wish there was another name, frankly. Why? Because I think landlord uh, signals power over the tenant. And that's not what we should be about. This is not about power. This is about relationships. This is about uh, providing a service. And this is about building relationships. So I, I think landlord is a, is a tough word. So then what should we call landlords? Well, this Seattle owner, Rizwan Samad, calls himself a small housing provider. People have one or two homes, right? Um, so people have a little small business and just work hard all their lives so in retirement so they can have a little extra income, you know? And uh, it, it become a little derogatory word, landlord. There's no so landlords are who owns hundreds and thousands of houses, not somebody owns one or two houses. We are a small housing provider. Small housing provider. That does sound less loaded than calling someone a lord. But are these owners providing housing or selling it? King County attorney Edmund Witter represents tenants for the Housing Justice Project. He says small landlords are profiting from the same exploitative system as the large landlords. I mean, just the fact that you own property, that in and of itself is a privilege in our society. And it's certainly a a large privilege that is shared among racial lines, and it's often divided by racial lines. So while I understand they maybe don't feel like the feudal lords of 500, 700 years ago, they still are a privileged class here, and that does need to be recognized. Property ownership is one of the biggest distinctions between the the haves and have-nots. In and of itself, by owning property, and especially owning multiple properties and having the privilege of investment income and investment properties, that's kind of the lord of the era. You told me about another word that you've heard landlords prefer. Yeah, a a number of local Seattle landlords uh, prefer the term land people. I don't know the exact... Land people? uh, Yeah, land people. Uh, It's a term that's used by an association of landlords that refer themselves as land people. It takes away any reference to a transaction, much less that that you own the land. It's like, there's some land here and I'm a person. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Do you think some of this is a, a an American discomfort, unlike the British? In the United States, we're, we're uncomfortable about the idea of class and privilege. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, there's a modesty coming through here. We don't want to see ourselves as being lords of the land because it suggests that we're wealthy. It suggests even that we are, that people might be right to be resentful of us. Um, so I do think class is coming in here and sort of that American modesty towards wealth and class and the failure to acknowledge it in circumstances or to own up to it. Again, it's not, it doesn't have to always be judgmental, but I think when we try to sort of ignore it, then I think there's cause for criticism there. There's not a definitive answer to this. We generally call people whatever they want to be called. For now, KUOW's policy is if it's a private for-profit owner, then say landlord. You'll know what we mean. That's less vague than housing provider. I'm bringing this up not to take sides, but to call your attention. Whenever we try to change a word redefine it, it's a signal. Somebody feels uncomfortable. And that tells us something about the moment we're in. Our culture, our politics, our psychology, our capitalism. You've heard both sides. Now, what do you think? Does it matter what we call that person who does that thing in our housing market? 
And what about another word? Is there a different word or phrase that you've been hearing lately and you think it calls attention to something important? Will you let me know so I can do an episode about it? Email me at bradke at k-u-o-w dot org. B-R-A-D-K-E at k-u-o-w dot org. I really want to thank my colleague, KUOW housing reporter Joshua McNichols, who, as you heard, contributed a lot to this episode. Thanks, and I'll be back at the end of the week with another Week in Review.